welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. Everybody good today? Yeah? I feel, I feel great. It's Sunday, and we made it. We made it to church. Oh, we're so thankful to have you here. And uh, it's exciting because we're kicking off a new month, which also means there's a new series that we're jumping into called The Blueprint. And it's, it's been fun to pray over the direction that God leads us as a church and the messages that he wants to speak to us as we continue to grow. So at the beginning of this year, God laid this word on the hearts of us here at Soul Revival about growth, growing in our relationship with Jesus. And The Blueprint is, has a subtitle. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. See, Paul wrote about two-thirds of the whole New Testament, but Ephesians is the one that people look to and say, man, that really summarizes the gospel. That summarizes what it means to have a relationship with Jesus and what his plan and his purpose is for our church. So as we get to jump into that, it's going to be really fun to encounter what God has for each of us in the weeks to come. And this week, I'm going to be speaking through most of Ephesians 1 and 2. Um, The verse that I'll be speaking from today is in Ephesians 2. Uh, But before we do jump in, this gives you an opportunity to open your Bible if you brought it. If not, that's cool. We'll end up throwing it on the screen for you so you can read along. There's an awesome Bible app as well. But I always wanted to let people know that this is the inspired word of God. God breathed that he communicates to us. But it's not about a religion. It's not about rules and regulations on how to earn the love of God. This is a love story. It's a love story about a God that so desperately loves us that even though we made a mistake that brought sin into the world, that brought brokenness within our lives, it's about how he had a plan to get us back, which culminated in Jesus. So hopefully everybody made it to Ephesians 2 at this point. Um, Ephesians 2, we're going to be in 4 and 5 is where I'm going to kick things off here. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. By grace. Nothing you had to do, but by grace that you have been saved. I'm going to pray for us. God, thank you. Thank you that you are here, that you are with us that you are for us and never against us. I pray that your word would speak through, that your presence would be felt, that you would help me get out of the way, and whatever it is that you need to say this morning, that you will do it, that you will show up as you always do. So God, we thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. I feel the life in here, and there's like peaks and valleys so far, but we're going to keep it going. We're going to get energized and pumped up. Who in here remembers VHSs? Yeah? Few of us, who has no idea what I'm talking about? No clue what a VHS is. All right, there's a few liars in here because some, some people didn't participate. That's all right. VHS, for those of you who don't know, I think I saw a couple of hands. Before DVDs even, now there's, what, 4K, then there was Blu-ray, before that was DVD, and then it was VHS. VHS is where you actually had to put it in, and it would say on the outside, if you rented it, be kind, please rewind. When there was still a blockbuster that you had to go to, Man, those were the days. But if you got a movie that was really long, how many remember getting two, two tapes? It was like super thick, and you had to get two tapes, and you're like, man, there was a built-in intermission to your movies. 
And the first one would end and you had this decision to make. Do I rewind this one now? <laughs> or do I take it out and go right to the next one? But I know I'm going to have to come and rewind them afterwards. And when I talk about rewind everyone, it wasn't hitting the two little arrows back and it just skipped right to the beginning. <laughs> this is like you're, some of them you had to hold the button. Some people who had bank, they had an extra little machine on the outside that you could do the rewinding for. I know some of you were sitting there right now like I had that. I put the second one in there and I got the other one ready to go. <laughs> oh, but you knew you had a good movie if that were the case. I mean, the ones that I remember are Scarface, The Godfather, but Braveheart? Braveheart, that, was, that movie was awesome. Yeah, we got one person who loved it. I loved Braveheart. <laughs> Mel Gibson killing it, literally and figuratively. But I remember a line in that movie that would get everybody pumped every single time where he's like, they may take our lives, but they will never take our freedom. Can I get people to shout freedom with me? Freedom! That's today's title. So now turn to your neighbor and say, freedom. You can say it, cool. Yeah, we got one out loud, I love it. <laughs> freedom, that's what we're gonna talk about today. But I loved it because they were, they were the outcasts, the outsiders, those that were being persecuted and took up a small majority, but they had brave heart. They had a passion and they had a desire to continue on and to keep fighting. And it was inspiring. You would watch that movie, and afterwards, you'd be pumped. Like, all right, I'm ready for whatever. That bully, he comes and messes with me. I'm ready. I'm the little guy, but I'm good to go. Anybody? Anybody relate with me on that one? I know that feeling. But it would just get you excited. And what I think about the book of Ephesians, what's really cool is, as Christianity was underway, and as Paul was writing this letter, he was actually in prison at the time. And there was a small group of people that said that they were following the way. They weren't called Christians yet, but it was the way. It was following Jesus and what that looked like in their lives. But at the time that Paul wrote this, he was imprisoned in Rome. And he was on trial where he would actually be executed a few years later. But as he sits there and he writes this letter to the Ephesians, it was meant not only for the Ephesian church, but also for people in the Asian area there. And the way that he kicks this off is incredible. So I'm going to take us back to the beginning. Ephesians 1. It says, how blessed is God and what a blessing he is. And if you got the app, I'm in the, mes the message version. So MSG. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind. He had us in mind. That's inclusive of us right now, too, in 2020. He settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. He chose us. He didn't have to, but he chose us. What pleasure he took in planning this he wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift-giving by the hand of his beloved son, Jesus. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross. We're a free people. We are free not because of anything we can do, but because of what Jesus did. Free of penalties and punishments chalked up by all our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, abundantly free. He thought of everything, 
provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him. Everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet Earth. It's in Christ that we found out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. He had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. Man, I just get chills reading this. Like, put yourself, put yourself as the receiver of this letter because you were being spoken to. It's in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, this message of your salvation, found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. I couldn't help, but somebody else did it too. You're welcome. Now it's not going to bother you the whole day. But you were delivered by the Holy Spirit. This signet from God is the first installment on what's coming, a reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us, a praising and glorious life. Oh, that's exciting because it's just the beginning. He's just getting started. And here's a little bit more background to this story too. So Paul was in a Roman prison writing this letter, but the way he got there is just crazy. So he went on three different missionary journeys. On the second one was the first time he ever stopped in Ephesus. And he left his friends Priscilla and Aquila there and they planted a church. Then he went off and continued to travel. But on his third missionary journey, he stopped back in Ephesus and he was there for three years. Now Ephesus was a port city in Asia. So it was a place that lots of things were coming in and going out. It was, it was a city much like the ones that we're used to experiencing here, now in our time. Very worldly, focused on the things that we can attain. They were all about pleasing themselves. They were praising different gods, different idols. But here's what happened. In the three years that Paul was there, he, he, all he could do was talk about Jesus. All he could do was share the good news of what Jesus had done in his life. And over time, so many people were being saved and transformed that the, the silversmiths and the people in the trades there were in an uproar because their money was made by creating the idols for people to worship false gods. But they were going out of business because Jesus came to the scene. Because Paul had the courage and the strength to talk about who Jesus was, what he did in his life, and that whole entire city, that whole region was being transformed, and they were mad about it. See, that's my prayer. It's never fun to enter into a battle, but they may take our lives, but they can never take our freedom. And as we pray over our city and Racine, I just see so many connections of, okay, how much does Jesus want to do through us? How many lives does he want to change and transform? Where it might not make a whole lot of people happy, but the kingdom of God will be, will be rejoicing with us. And that's what was happening there. So they tried to drive him out of the city. And everyone's like, look, man, you got to go. So he takes a step out and starts traveling to other cities, and he goes back to Jerusalem. And when he's there, they found out about what he did in Ephesus. So then they lied about him. Put him on trial, saying that he brought someone into the Jewish synagogue that he shouldn't have. And when he was put on trial there, he ended up being imprisoned there. Then he fleed that 
area, went to another city, was there for two years in jail, and they continued to try to persecute him for that same thing. And finally, he was like, I'm a Roman citizen, so I want to stand trial before, before Caesar, which is what ultimately sent him back to Rome. But what's incredible through all of this is over that course of time, he was in prison for four to five years. Could you imagine being locked up for something you didn't do? A crime that you didn't commit? And you still wrote words the way that he just wrote, what we read aloud. The way that God spoke through him, the way he was willing to encourage a church in Ephesus, even though that's the very city that drove him out and the reason why he was being persecuted. But for him, man, he had freedom. He had freedom. Despite being in prison, he had freedom. Because he knew God was with him. He knew he was serving a different purpose, a greater purpose that God called him to. But it can be difficult at times to go, man, how in the world could that happen? How could I be put in prison for something I didn't do? Some of us make mistakes that we, we can own. We might not own it right now, but down the road you might go, yep, my bad but you're still frustrated with God in the midst of the consequences that you have to see, right? I know I've been there. Like, man, I messed up, but you know what? God could have just let me out of it. That would have been cool. But this was something he didn't even do, but here he is, and he's writing about his love for Jesus and letting us know, here's what the love of God looks like. Here's what he wants to do in and through our lives because he does have a plan and a purpose for us that's far beyond anything that we could imagine. And I think as he's just penning this letter, he doesn't know how much time he has left, and he just wants people to know how desperately Jesus loves them. God's plan for their life and letting them know, like, this is just the beginning. It is just getting started because there's so much greatness that I have in store. Now, this brings us to the verse where we opened up with. I'm going to give us a little more context. I'm going to read a little bit more. We're reading a lot of scripture today because it's so good, because it's God's word, and Paul summarized it so well the Holy Spirit speaking through him, that man, it, it can speak to our hearts and penetrate it stronger than anything else can. So in Ephesians 2, 1 to 10, it says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. We all make mistakes. We all fall short. That's what it's saying here. None of us are perfect. Not one. Jesus, he's the only one that ever lived a perfect life. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. It is a gift that has been given to you. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the, incom the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved. He wanted to say it twice. Anytime you see something in the Bible said twice, it's because it's very important. Pay close attention. And he's trying to make sure that we know that this grace was given to us. Through faith, and in this, not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, 
so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Not by works, because there's nothing we can do to earn it. I want to give four progressions, four items that will take us into this freedom that God has for us and what he wants to lead us to. But the first is faith. The Bible defines faith of a confidence in things hoped for and a belief in things not seen. It's that starting point. It's saying, yes, I have faith. I believe. Some of you today are like, yes, I believe in who Jesus is, that he came and he died for me, that he rose again, and that I get to spend eternity with him. But others of us are like, you know what, I'm not too sure yet. And that's cool because God's working in all of our hearts at different times. We're all on different journeys and God has different plans in different ways, but just know that he loves you and he's coming after you. But it does, it starts with faith. And there's a lot of people that you'll ask about their faith and ask them what they believe in and they might share Jesus with you. And that's the tension that we wrestle with. Because you might have come in contact with people in the past that are like, yeah, they say they love Jesus, but their actions don't show me what that is. The way they live doesn't reveal who Jesus is. And that might even be a reason why some of you are like, man, I haven't gone to church for whatever, but for whatever reason, I'm here to check it out. Well, thank you for being here. Because faith is just a starting point. It's incredible to have that belief, but you gotta follow it up with a relationship in Jesus. See, the difference between a relationship and religion is critical. Because religion, that's the side of things where you're trying to earn God's love where you feel like I got to follow all of these rules, all of these standards, and once I get there, then I can have what God has for me. And it's also challenging because those are the same places where the people that are following in a religious spectrum, it's easy to look at other people and you see what you don't like about yourself and others. So you'll call it out and be like, yeah, they're not living right. They must not be a Christian or they're not worthy or they're not welcome. But that's the furthest from who Jesus is and what he represents because he is about a relationship. He wants to grow closer with you. He wants you to spend time with him and getting to know him. Our growth track, week one, kicks off this week. And that's a great opportunity to hear about who Soul Revival Church is. And in week two, we jump into who God is and how we can connect with him. Because it's important to get to know someone. I've been married to Melissa for coming up on 11 years. And if I just said, hey, I believe we're married, but I never hung out with her, you think we'd get any closer? That would be difficult, right? Own the fact that I'm married. Like, yeah, I'm married, but I don't take care of my relationship with my wife. But it's the fact that I love to talk to her. I know what her desires are, and I want to please her. And it's not, a, it's not of a, out of a have to. It's because I love my wife so desperately that I want her to experience joy that I'll do things even that I might not want to sometimes, but they just pour out of me naturally, like taking out the garbage, that's a job. I don't know why. I just hate it. I don't like to take out the garbage. Probably because it stinks. I don't like to get dirty. And you're pulling it out, you know? But, but it's those times where I can tell it's getting higher, I'm just waiting. I know she's about to say something. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do it first. I'm going to get some extra points. <laughs> but I didn't sit there and go, oh, I have to or she's going to be mad at me. I thought about it as she's, she, I'm going to get some extra points by doing this. That's what a relationship with Jesus is all about. You get to know him more, and out of his heart and his love for you and the grace that you receive, your desire is just to be like, man, I want to do whatever Jesus has called me to do. 
I'll give you an example. This past week, this past week was crazy. Uh, but for work, I had to travel to Toronto. Um, yeah, I do. I have a job Monday to Friday. It's not something I share often, but God's called us to do this bivocationally right now. Uh, and I had some meetings to go to in Toronto. Left Tuesday morning, didn't get home until almost 10 p.m. on Friday. But while I was there, we're sitting in this conference room with 800 people. The whole company's there that they're speaking to or all the leadership within the organization. And they ask this question, and they want representatives from each table to stand up. And they're like, have one person share the most influential person in their life. People are sharing about their grandma. They're sharing about all these different things. And in my heart, I'm thinking, man, I feel like I'm supposed to say Jesus right now. I, I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do right now. And some of you, are, if you work in the corporate world, there's a big thing. Like, you don't talk politics. You don't talk religion. But I just felt like my heart was racing. But then at the table, everyone's looking at me. They're like, you got to do it, man. You got to speak for us. So I told them, well, the only one is Jesus. That's the only thing I could say, thinking that they might tell me that that shouldn't be the case. But their response was, yeah, us too. So I'm like, okay, well, this is real. This is about to happen. <laughs> My heart's racing a little bit, just pump them. And then they, all, they know I love rap music. They know I love to rap. And they're like, well, why don't you rap something? And then I'm thinking, that's perfect because I can say Jesus and then rap. And then if, if people, you know, didn't think it was cool or didn't like hearing the fact that that's what I shared. At least I, I just wrapped at the tail end of it. <laughs> but then I saw only a few tables pop their hands up, you know, and they weren't going to everyone. They're like, oh, there's room for one more table. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I was like, ah, oh, and then I just felt the Holy Spirit hit me in the heart. Sometimes when God speaks to you, it's not going to be an audible voice. I'm like, all right, so I raise my hand. And then the whole table shoots their hand up because they're like, yep, he's going to do it. We want him to rap. This, is, this has got to happen. And of course, I get to the meeting late. So we are in the front, right by the stage. So when I stand up, it's like it's facing tons of tables, 800 plus people, president, CEO of our organization sitting right there. I'm like, all right, this is, this is about to get real. So I stand up. I'm like, man, the most impactful person in my life is Jesus. And you get a few people just cheering and celebrating. But you also get some people that look at me like, man, this dude is insane. So I'm like, all right, can I get everybody to clap with me? <laughs> and I did it. I did. I got them to clap. I know all of you are like, man, what did he rap? You want me to do it? Yeah. All right. Anybody know this is living now? Yeah. All right. So I wrote, we got a handful of people. So I wrote a verse for it when we were in youth ministry. So I'm like, I'm just going to spit that verse. And it'll be cool. All right. You guys ready? Can I get some help in here? Can I get some just nice clap? Yeah. All right. Here we go. And this was the verse that I then said. This is living now. I'm brand new, found a hope for my soul that I could cling to, found a kind of love that I never knew to be saved by grace and there was nothing that I had to do. I'm forgiven at a price I ain't had to pay. He is risen from the sacrifice he made for me, took thorns, took nails, took it off of me, afforded me the luxury to live young and free. And it's reminded me to live within the moment, taking hold of my destiny like I stole it. And that doesn't mean I have to control it. I just have to follow where he is going because I know that he surrounds me. I was lost. Jesus found me. He paid a cost that still astounds me. And the cross always reminds me ha, that I'll forgive him for everything that I've ever done. A freedom that only comes when I'm in the sun. Now I'm fighting a battle that he already won. And it was like, thank you. <laughs> That was not the response I got there, I'll tell you that much. 
and you guys continued to clap well and on beat, that also was not the case. And people are looking at me like, man, this dude is nuts. And then I just sat down. I'm like, all right, God, well, I did it. You know, <laughs> we did this thing. Now what's going to happen? I have no idea. And the third word I'm going to give to you is endurance. Endurance. Because when you have a relationship with Jesus, he might call you to do some radical things, some things society might not think look too good. But he'll also give you the endurance and continue to push through it. Because there were some people that came up to me afterwards and like, man, I felt the presence of God in that place, which was awesome. Like it made me want to cry. I also had some leadership come up to me and say, we already got some emails from HR. <laughs> you know what's hilarious is the majority of the people that came up to me and thought it was awesome were from HR. So I'm like, I, did they complain? And then they, I don't know. Uh, but I'm like, all right, what are you going to do with that, right? And, and for the rest of the week, there were people, even VPs in our organization, that they wouldn't even want to make eye contact with me. And I thought in that moment, like, you know what? That's sad, but I had an opportunity in this moment to share my faith and what Jesus did in my life. And I had at least eight people that came up to me and just thanked me for sharing that. And who knows what other seeds could have been planted. And I'm not telling you this to, like, pat myself on the back, because I, I was freaked out. And I'll even tell you honestly, I regretted it for a moment afterwards when the CEO of the organization like, that has been on meetings with me before now doesn't even want to look at me. But I thought, you know what? There's something greater than this. See, because Soul Revival Church, that's what God's called us to, to help people reach the lost, like for lost people to come home, for people to encounter a love from Jesus. And I'm like, you know, and, and Sunday morning, this is like our huddle, all right? There's some of you that are going to come and you need this, we all need it. We need to praise God. We need to come together. But it's also going to be what fires you up to say, how do I live this out? Because God's going to give me the endurance to get through any moment. He's going to give me everything that I need to get through my most difficult days and my toughest times. But in the face of that adversity, I'm like, man, who do I answer to, though? Because I'm supposed to do everything as if working for the Lord. So you ever put a microphone in my hand, and I'm going to talk about Jesus. And that's what I told them afterwards. I'm like, you shouldn't have asked the question. You shouldn't have said, who's the most influential person in your life? Because Jesus lived. I asked that question to him too. I was like, well, Jesus existed. I didn't say I was any particular type of religion because Jesus came to abolish religion. The most influential person in my life is Jesus Christ. You give me a microphone, you ask me a question, that's how I'm going to answer it. So who knows? Yeah, be praying for me because tomorrow with meetings, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what kind of uh, discussions are going to carry through? But I know God will give me endurance to get through it. So that job that you feel this tension is struggling, that relationship that you feel trapped in, all these burdens of life that are coming at you, God will give you that endurance the same way that he did for Paul when he was sitting there in jail writing out this incredible letter about the love of Jesus, about what only he can provide and what he can offer. Because the key to it all is reminding ourselves that we're living for eternity. We are living for eternity. This life is so fast. It is so fleeting. So many of us have experienced loss. We've lost loved ones, and it's terrible. Some of us right now, we're gripped by the pain that still carries with it, wondering why, questioning, is God even there? Does he even exist? Why would he let this happen to me? But as we cling with faith through a relationship with Jesus and we know that he'll help us endure, we'll know that we're living for eternity. 
There is a kingdom of God that we can experience here and now, but that we get to spend forever with Jesus when we've accepted him as our Lord and Savior. So when we lose people, man, that's the first thing I pray is, man, I pray that they knew Jesus because they're having more fun now than we are. It's hard for our minds to grasp that, though. But through our faith and relationship with Jesus, through our endurance and the eternity we get to live for, we have freedom. We are free. You see what I did there? Free. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. That's in Galatians. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. I'm going to ask our worship team to come up. See, and what's incredible is I think about that too, about what God does in and through us. There's a different time that Paul was on trial. There was a different time that he was imprisoned and that he was locked up. And he was in these center barracks. Like they were, they were worried about what Paul was doing and the changes that he was making, that they thought he was making, but it was God using them through his life. But he finds himself where not only does he get captured, but they say, put him in the, in the middle cell, in the middle of the jail, and lock him in chains. I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to read those verses for you real quick. It's in Acts 16, 23 to 26. So it's really cool. You can read Acts and a lot of the other gospels that, um, or the, the epistles or the letters that Paul has written, they come after Acts. But Acts are what he was living through when he was writing them, which is awesome. But in Acts 16, 23 to 26, it says, After they had been severely flogged, so they beat Paul, they were thrown into the prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard it carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. I don't know about you, but if I were just beaten, they were just beaten for their faith. They weren't doing anything that was illegal. They were just celebrating who Jesus was. Put into the inner cell and locked up. God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Are you willing to praise in the middle of a battle? Yeah. Can we, can we celebrate... All together, who's willing to praise in the middle of a battle? Because there can be a breakthrough on the other side of the barracks. It doesn't matter. God has a blessing and a purpose for it. See, but what I love in that verse is they might have been shackled, but they made a mistake. They made a mistake because they shackled them in their feet so they could sing and they could praise. When you lift your hands, that's a universal sign for surrender. So when we lift our hands and we praise God, we are surrendering everything to God to say, you have got us. They could have been in that jail cell upset. Who knows? They could have been passed out from getting beaten. But no, they said, we are going to sing and we're going to praise. Not only does it shake and the prison doors open, but guess what? Everybody was set free. When you live in a confident faith in who Jesus is and you praise him regardless of your circumstances, you might be in the middle of the most difficult divorce right now. You might be trying to have a kid you haven't been able to for years. 
You might have just lost the closest person to you in your life and you were sitting there broken. But if you praise, if you praise Jesus in the middle of that brokenness and you lift your hands, people are going to look at you and there's going to be salvation for many people all around you. God's going to use your praise for somebody's breakthrough. And what I love in that moment is to follow is that Paul didn't even leave the jail cell. Because the prison guard assigned to watch over them in that moment was about to kill himself. Like I just messed up, everybody got out. But Paul responds and says, don't worry, we're all still here. We're all still here. Because their praise impacted everybody in that jail cell. Man, if you were in a prison and there were some criminals and some killers in there, you think if the gates just opened up and if one person was like, hey, nobody leave, that they're gonna listen? especially someone who just got in there that day. No, everybody's making their way out. But they encountered the living God in that moment. They experienced breakthrough. They experienced salvation. They experienced something that they couldn't wrestle with and put their minds around. And in that moment, Paul's like, don't worry, everybody's still here. That guard takes Paul out of jail himself. He gets saved. His whole family gets saved. Your battle right now might be for somebody else's breakthrough. But following Jesus is saying, you know what, I'm okay with that. Whatever I have to go through, whatever fight I have to have, man, at the end of Braveheart, he yells out freedom as they take his life. But we serve a God, we serve a real God who Jesus, his last words on the cross. One of the last things he says is forgive them for they know not what they do. He's forgiving those that are persecuting him. And afterwards, they're like, man, he must have been God. But Jesus, he will help you through any circumstance. He will help you through anything that you are facing, any battle that you are up against. And I think we need to celebrate that here today. I think we need to celebrate some chains breaking. I think we need to celebrate freedom coming in. We can celebrate that in this place together. We can get excited about it because Jesus is saying, it is for freedom that I have set you free. Some of you don't even know how to celebrate it because you feel so bogged down. You feel so broken. You feel so tied down. Like, man, those chains, though, they got me. Praise Jesus a little bit and they'll break free. You might not leave the cell that you're in right in that moment but you'll have a freedom that circumstances can't touch. You'll have a freedom that no person can hold you down from, that no bars can keep you barred back from. You can have a freedom that only comes in the name of Jesus. If that's you today and you're like, you know what, I'm gonna gonna accept the fact that I'm free. I'm gonna claim the fact that I have freedom in Jesus that no matter what I'm facing, could you stand up? Could you stand up with me? And even if you're in here like, man, I don't even know right now. I don't know what's going on. You don't have to feel obligated to stand in any way, but you also might be saying, I don't feel free, but I want it. Standing up right now can be that first step to say, yeah, I want that freedom. We're in it together. We're in it together, family, because this is family. God's got a plan through anything that we're facing. But it starts with saying, man, I got faith in Jesus. I want my relationship to grow with him. 
because he's going to give me the endurance I need to get through every day and I'm living for eternity. So we're about to sing right now about some chains falling, about things breaking off our lives, about the enemy being defeated because we have victory in Christ. We have victory in Christ. Yes. Come on, we're good. Sing this with us. If you need to move around, you need to celebrate, you go ahead and do what you got to do. Because God is here with us. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.